Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is Marcus Speller. And my name is Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Petey. Hi, everybody. Good to have you with us once again at the start of the so-called working week. Um, gentlemen, would anybody like to tell any stories of what they got up to on the weekend? I had a barbecue <laughs> on top of a chip shop. <laughs> <laughs> that because you live on top of a chip shop? Yes. Yeah, it's not yeah. perhaps as odd as it sounds at first. But it's like you're taunting them, isn't it? Yeah. A little bit. We can yeah. cook. Yeah, we can cook as well. And, and there was a queue outside of people as well who were presumably hungry. So double taunt. Chuck them a sausage. Yeah, chuck them a little <laughs> batter sausage. So did, they, did your fish sausage. shop actually open then? It is, yeah. They're socially distancing. Oh. Um, they're being wow. very good. But uh, yeah, they're still open. Jim, do you, do you, you, the way you said that, it's like you don't know what a battered sausage is. But on a barbecue, Luke? No, not on the barbecue. <laughs> Apologies, fair enough. Yeah, that, that was what threw me. You could have pre-fried it and then made a lovely kind of smoky batter which yeah. I'm sure all you foodies out there know what I'm talking about, because I fucking don't. Um, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> I finished off a bottle of whiskey over the weekend. <laughs> hey! Mm. When did you start it? Thursday! <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, you're getting better. Uh, or, yeah. or worse, as, uh, <laughs> as the case may be. Well, gentlemen, today, today there is a project restart meeting, which is terribly exciting. Um, the PFA representatives for all the clubs will be involved. They're a bit disappointed because they thought they might get more leadership from the UK government on this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fat chance of that. But we'll see what happens in the meeting later. It will be about when players could return to training, and uh, uh, but not when the league will resume. Uh, the 18th of May has been mentioned, so that, that could be confirmed or, or put back today. Could be one of those headlines that... Uh, you know, breaking news, nothing has been decided in the meeting kind of job. Um, but the reports are suggesting the Premier League might rele- might relegate the bottom three if they don't uh, agree to resume. So allegations of, uh, of some sort of, I don't know, underhand play. But the clubs down the bottom are not happy about that and they want to see relegation scrap. That's nothing new. But we could see a vote at the end of the month to determine whether the season resumes. That's what we've got at the moment. In a few hours after the show, that will probably change that news. So uh, yeah. would anybody... <laughs> It probably won't. <laughs> I like the idea of um, look the, the players, the teams down the bottom of the Premier League are um, a little bit upset about the prospect of neutral grounds. What mm. should we do? Let's just talk about relegating them anyway. That'll get them moving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll get them moving. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel now? How do you like me now, Brighton? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just don't understand how they're getting away with this. They just sort of go, "Well, I'm, I'm willing to complete the season." in an agreed fashion, but I will not be relegated for the things mm. that I do in those 10 games. It yeah. seems a little yeah. bit mad. <laughs> yeah, it's a sneaky one. Well, Liverpool might say that, uh, um, well, we'll only play if you give us a Premier League title. Okay, fine. Yeah. <laughs> You've pretty much got it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how these meetings have sort of replaced the fixture list. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, the Project Restart meeting coming up on Monday. Brilliant. Something's happening in football. <laughs> what are you up to? <laughs> Fuck all. We want to have a yeah. meeting? All right. Yay. <laughs> yeah. What should we do for it? We could schedule the next meeting if you want. Yeah, all right. yeah. <laughs> Agenda. Okay, everyone. Thanks for coming. Agenda. What's everyone yeah. doing this time next week? Nothing. All right. See you then. It's like one of our content meetings. We'll come up with something. <laughs> live live show in November. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll come up with something. No, our content meetings are we all sit around and then Pete says, 
will, it be, will anything we do be the worst thing we've done? No. Mm-hmm. All right, let's just do that then. Yeah. yeah, correct. Our content meetings are, yeah, we, we basically think, can we stay away from absolute rubbish? Yeah, just about. Okay, well, then we'll... <laughs> we are world-class can, content can kickers. <laughs> he says he'll only be involved if he can guarantee that we won't relegate him. <laughs> God, we are chances, aren't we? Well, the, the problem is, um, one of the, the, the troubling pieces of news, for a number of reasons, but just... Obviously, we take it in the context of, of football coming back. Is people were saying, "Oh, hang on, let's see how Germany does it." They, you know, we, we know that they're pretty good at this sort of thing. So they're they, the they're kind of in Europe, <laughs> indeed. Uh, they're kind of lead, seem to be leading the way on this. That's good. Okay, fine. They've said football. Um, they, they're going to bring back football soon. Brilliant. We'll see how they do it. Absolutely excellent. Wonderful. And then a span has been thrown in the works of the Bundesliga as Dynamo Dresden players have been quarantined due to two of their players testing positive. So their match against Hanover, which was happening um, imminently, uh, has now been postponed because they're out of action for two weeks. And you go, all oh, right. So how is it? And, and the, 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 the CEO of the Bundesliga, oh, we're going we're to crack on regardless. I don't care. And then and you think, well, hang on. But that situation can't sort of continue, can it? Because that will be so stop-start. And you yeah. think, well, if they if yeah. they're sort of struggling now, how on earth is the Premier League <laughs> going to have any hope of coming back? Well, you look at the, how um, the whole government has dealt with this situation yesterday, and you sort of go, "Oh no! Like this is this is going to be a, a a terrible situation." I just cannot see life getting back to normal in the way that we think it's going to go, get back to normal. It's certainly not going to get back to normal uh, mm-hmm. in football in the way we think that football should should be back back in. in but situ- do you guys not think? Do you guys not think that? the situation in Germany is that they're so far ahead of the rest of Europe that there's more than enough wriggle room for Dynamo Dresden to isolate as a group for 14 days and just play that game they were supposed to play against Hanover later because they've they've got enough time to play all the games they need to play. So I don't think it's as... It's such, from a pure football point of view, I don't think it's a huge issue, but it's just whether it's practical, given that like this is the mm. first piece of news we've seen come out. Sure. And uh, it feels like it's... It's getting to the point where they they probably need to, maybe we all need to start thinking about things that are more important than football. That's what's being in, in, impl- implemented, right? That's what's being got intimated. Sorry. Yeah, but with with this Dynamo Dresden situation though, they quarantine for fourteen days, um, and then okay, so then they come back to play Hanover, and then one of the Han- as they're just about to kick that off, the Hanover player gets tested positive, and they go, oh, sorry, we can't do that fixture. So they quarantined yeah. for fourteen days. So you've got a month waiting for one single. But there's fixture. nothing to suggest. But there's nothing to suggest that would happen to Hanover. But but it could happen to Hanover. It could. It I mean, could, it could do, Yeah, it could, could happen to yeah. any of the teams. And then you have this situation where oh that team oh they've got to be quarantined, so their fixtures get pushed back, and it suddenly becomes this sort of odd sort of staggered situation. But Marcus, that's why it's confu- yeah. that's why it's confusing, right? Because there's supposed to be things in place to stop this happening to the players and to the staff and officials, right? That's mm. that, and so that's why it's confusing. This has happened. And they, they, because they ran a test, um, a blanket test across everyone involved. I think there were 10 positive tests that came back out of just over, maybe just under 1,300 people. So I think it is confusing to most onlookers if, if Dynamo Dresden were following the protocol, how this could have happened. But it's, yeah. it's, it's, mm. it doesn't really seem that clear. So I know Javier Tabas, the guy who runs Spanish uh, oh, Liga, football, has yeah. got a 
one or two opinions about it, which I won't repeat on here because they're probably problematic. <laughs> he, he, he often but, he often does he often yeah. Does so there, so <laughs> we'll wait and see what comes out in the wash. We'll definitely I'll, I'll get we'll get Andy's opinion on it on um, on Thursday for sure. Um, and I think maybe more information would have come out by then. I think that's probably the best idea. Well, the rules <laughs> about um, exercising with uh, you can only exercise with people in your family and stuff like that. You're going to have to have footballing brothers getting involved. We're just going to have yeah. teams and teams <laughs> of footballing brothers. That's that's the rules from our government. Yeah, some teams will be in a sort of a, a advantage in that sense where mm. you know you're at the point where i will sign with you if you sign my brother as well like when jonathan yeah. benteke was uh was at palace hazard i think his name's jonathan yeah yeah they guys are you're right mm. i'm all yeah. for it more of it do you think that the problem is it's they they were trying to bring back football in an 11 aside capacity because if you yeah. if you just take a few players away i'm thinking <laughs> for those north of the border bring back and scotland seems <laughs> seem to need a solution rather quickly up there um with the mess they're in um the tenant sixes they were they were called get you know five <laughs> or six aside i think that might be um... isn't that is that not something you buy in an off license <laughs> <laughs> it yeah, sounds like was, that uh, five aside football that uh, chris waddle played until he was 50 <laughs> Remember yeah. when he was just scoring worldies from like yeah, the yeah, goalkeeping yeah. area, yeah. and then he got your haircut. <laughs> yeah, he did, didn't he? Um, a Pete's haircut, obviously, because um, he had mine in ninety. Attendant uh, <laughs> uh, sixes was, uh, as it suggests, six aside, and it was all the the teams in Scotland. I think it was at the end of the season, and they would play um, like an indoor sort of six aside tournament. It was, it was it wasn't bad. I mean, I remember it sounds it like fun. very very young. Yeah, it was. So it wasn't. Um, sounds boozy. It wasn't. <laughs> it, well, it quite possibly peter um but but one of the one of the solutions in terms of um trying to combat uh covid19 well I, I found this quite interesting from turkey besiktas have installed a massive disinfection cabinet as as it was referred to at the club's training ground so a bit like if you i don't know it looked like something out of the airport you know if you sort of walk through and you get sort of sprayed mm. the turkish super league is planning to resume on the 12th of june and i thought this I quite like the idea of that. You know, you sort of go in and, and spray. You could obviously it would cost a few quid, but kind of standardise it all over, all over the. Just have the a football. shower. Well, this is it, Peter. I actually thought, you know, maybe years to come when we're, we're back to normal, just have that for all fans. You know, spray a bit of cologne on yeah. everybody as they go in for a much I mean, more Marcus, sweeter <laughs> smelling I, I football think, experience. I think you're underselling how. Mm. Weird, it looks. Mm. I mean, I don't know if you've seen a picture. If you guys have seen a picture, of it, it looks great. I mean, yeah, I saw it. it looks like if you turned up walking down the street and you saw someone in that, you mm. would think they had just teleported there yeah, completely. <laughs> or it let you fly. Absolutely. You'd be if, if you staggered out of that and just asked who, who what year it was, and who the president this? of the United States was, people yeah. would think you were a time traveler. It looks absolutely yeah. amazing, and we should get one as soon as possible. We should turn our studio into that. Have you seen those little ones that um, the Chinese uh, kids got into school? Because obviously all of the schools have reopened. They've made these kind of like um, cutesy-looking kind of robots that just spray disinfectant into children's faces. It's so dystopian <laughs> and frightening. I don't like 2020. Sure. I want to control or delete it. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I quite like the your shout of the fly, Peter. You kind of you yeah, yeah, you could, well, like yeah, you could sort of mash two players together by accident. <laughs> yeah, oh, that was brilliant. <laughs> That'd be absolutely amazing. Like, yeah. oh, if only Joe Linton had you know such and such his pace. Yeah, yeah. 
Sure, amiobi. Well, <laughs> amiobi's in there. Oh my god! Imagine super amiobi. How many times have you heard? Oh, if he, he's a great fullback, he's great at going forward, but he doesn't have the defensive capabilities of this guy. We put them together. You've got the ultimate fullback there. <laughs> yeah, but the, 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 what you guys are forgetting there is if you do yeah. exactly what Marcus has suggested, the other half of both those players is another player somewhere else who's still contracted yeah. somewhere. So who, for every kind of positive, there's going to be some, there's going to be a fullback who's terrible at defending. And yeah. isn't very good going forward. Yeah, but then you sell them to a club further legs. down the pyramid. Yeah. yeah. Newca- <laughs> yeah Newcastle okay. will have them. Um, like a cotton <laughs> shot. A football yeah. cotton shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what oh. it is. Oh, Maybe 2020 is not so bad after all. I'm uh, quite into that idea. Yeah. 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 Back in. <laughs> but it, it does look like the sort of things you get in movies when play, uh, players, when, uh, when astronauts have just come back from space and they get all disinfected and cool mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm all for it personally I think it's uh-huh. great uh, well, we're, we're although it that. is open on two sides which is not how they do it in the movies I envisage it I, I envisage it having sliding doors like Star Trek though Jim and don't disavow uh, yeah, me yeah, of that yeah. notion you're probably yeah, yeah. probably right Stick hey we've got a studio in. doing nothing up in North London at the moment we could uh, mm-hmm. just constantly pump disinfectant into it that's the off- yeah. oh, by the way and usually that's the opposite of a disinfectant chamber <laughs> fart box oh, fart box God, that's a shame oh, hey, that's, um, that's a low point right that's, that's a low point me. let's move on from disgusting rumours um, there's chat that the proposed takeover of Newcastle United could happen this week uh, and in light of this news uh, in light of this news that there, there are some players that are being linked to the club in the media so the takeover hasn't happened yet but but it, it, it will probably happen uh, you know blah 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 and um, so some of the players being linked to the club uh, because of this Jesse Lingard mm. Edison Cavani he's getting on a little bit <laughs> Gareth Bale uh, Never. Kaladu yeah. Koulibaly Philip Coutinho <laughs> perhaps the most unrealistic one Donny van der Beek uh, Rajanangalan, <laughs> Peter. You were having that, and the most likely one, former, yeah, the, the most likely one, former Sunderland striker Fabio Barini. How's he got in that room? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's such a mixed bag that. I, I, I obviously can't stand Alan Pardew, but he did make very quite a salient point where he sort of said, Ooh. "That's the thing when you cast United, they always buy scoundrels. They always buy those players like Hatem Benafa, uh, um, uh, Alison Maximan, players who are incredibly talented but are flawed in in, in, a, few, in a few different ways. Rebel. And even if they've got all of yeah, anyway, lit, literally list any Newcastle United footballer for the last twenty years. But even when they've got a massive takeover and they've got this massive amount of money to spend. You're still getting these kind of players that are Nyangalans, people like that, who are I don't know. incredibly talented, but kind of flawed at the same time. No, Cavani and Koulibaly, you wouldn't put in that bracket. Proper solid no, performance. But, yeah, but like Coutinho's had a, had a, had a season off, hasn't he? So it's just like... Well, you know, well, oh, Coutinho would be a brilliant sort of like almost retro signing for Newcastle. Like just those, <laughs> those those goals from long range, just there's a little bit of the kind of the dazzle about it. I can see so. him being the sort of player that would have fit into Keegan's entertainer's side, like a modern equivalent of that. Like, mm. can't believe we've got Tino Espria sort of thing, you know. I'd yeah. like to see that happen personally. <laughs> Imagine a Coutinho at Newcastle, it'd be brilliant. It would be mad. I could see Jesse Lingard going on loan, having an underwhelming uh, on loan spell. Cavani, no way. Gareth Bale, do I need to say anything? Koulibaly, no chance. <laughs> Coutinho, no chance. Donny van der Beek, I mean, he's got he's got the world at his feet. He's been linked to the likes of Barcelona yeah. and so on and so forth. Rajan Angelan, 
maybe just for the lols. Uh, Fabio Barini, yeah, that <laughs> I can definitely but, see him going there. But if 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 Real Madrid can't fix Gareth Bale's body, I don't think Newcastle's crumbling infrastructure is going to be able to deal with that. He's not yeah. going to get on the pitch. I don't think it's a question of Gareth Bale, Gareth Bale's body. It's more his mind at Real Madrid. Yeah. That seems <laughs> it's to be mind and his handicap. <laughs> exactly, yeah. mind and his golf handicap. Yes, yes. Now, uh, did you all see that uh, once again, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Louis Van Gaal's been piping up about how he was treated at Manchester United? It's, it's amazing. It is <laughs> it amazing. Just, it was four <laughs> years ago now. There must be um, a newsletter, right? <laughs> I'm, I'm presumably yeah. every now and then this comes up as just a cribbed highlight from a newsletter specifically about this that comes out every day. No, no one's asking him. He's just calling up random journalists <laughs> and just telling them. Yeah. <laughs> he said, "You're of my opinion, lady." <laughs> <laughs> Don't give me big applause no. <laughs> um, he said the hardest thing at Manchester United was tr- now this I think there's a contradiction here he said the hardest thing at Manchester United was trying to survive as manager when I had my head in a noose for six months my wife warned me she is a woman and a woman has an instinct for things like this I did not see what Woodward was up to I really did not sense that they were plotting something so, so when he talks about his having his head in a noose he, sa- he then says oh, I was unaware of it yeah. So that wouldn't have been a problem, yeah. would it, at the time? Have been there is a hole ignorant. in that story, Detective Speller. You are absolutely yeah. right. <laughs> I would bloody hate to be a manager's wife. It's like they talk about management <laughs> yeah. being the most stressful job in football. Imagine yeah. being related, like, related, like going out with the manager. Good Lord. Yeah. The sleepless nights, the end of VHS watches. It would not suit your lifestyle, would it, Pete, to be married to Louis no. Van Gaal? Uh, but I would drink. I would drink about the <laughs> about the same amount of whiskey as Louis Van Gaal presumably does with that red face. Yeah, well, uh, Van Gaal, of course, he found out he was for the chop whilst still at Wembley just hours after they'd won the cup, which I mean is a bit. I feel is a bit naughty, but then the whole thing <laughs> seems a bit strange. But what I yeah. loved about uh, this story uh, or, or Van Gaal's latest comments on this story was he boldly proclaimed what I achieved at Manchester United, getting them into Europe, which. You know, now you think, yeah, it was an achievement. And winning an FA Cup is always an achievement. He said, what I achieved at Manchester United, I considered the biggest performance in my entire career. And I thought, not winning the Champions League with that young Ajax side, beating that Milan side in the final, or even winning the Eredivisie with an unfancied AZ team. No, 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 no. It was this. I read that thinking that what he meant was that it was the most proud thing that he had done was managing a club so big at that time. You know, like he was... Mm. he. Because when I actually did what they did, obviously they're they're amazing in terms of their story in European football and they've achieved an awful lot. But when he took over at United, one of the biggest clubs in the world, and I guess he was just really proud to be there. And maybe that's a that's a kind of translation thing. Yeah. Because I don't I don't think is 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 winning the league with RZ better than being Man United manager? Do you do you reckon? I think it's a bigger achievement because they were unfancied side. Yeah. But I mean, in terms of bigger clubs, I mean, he, I think he. He definitely won the league. He's, I think he might have won a double at Barcelona. I think he's basically saying yeah. it's a bit like yeah. when Jose Mourinho said finishing second with Manchester United. Didn't he say it was like one of the best achievements of my he career? Did, yeah. yeah, so they just want to defend themselves. They just want to defend themselves against perceived yeah. kind of <laughs> criticism because they didn't maybe do such an amazing job. So they just try to get on the front foot. Yeah, I, I respect it. Yeah, I do. The most recent thing probably seems like the biggest achievement as well, doesn't it? But actually, there's a, there's another quote from that that interview, Marcus, that I think is really mm. funny because um, Van Gaal was asked about. Um, about Mourinho taking over because he was announced as manager something like four days oh, yeah. after Van, Van Gaal left, didn't he? And he said, in my opinion, it should be Mourinho who should speak up about what happened if he would be prepared to do so. Love that. <laughs> Just throwing down that gauntlet. 
Yeah, well, we'll uh, look forward to those comments coming in the press very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen. He, he also, I, mean, I can't believe you didn't point, point out as well, guys, that he also called um, Ed Woodward an evil genius. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like... I mean, I mean, not even Edward himself would. I mean, look at some of the things that have happened in his tenure. I'm not even sure he would agree that that's the case. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. a disorganised fool, you might call him, but an evil genius. I don't think. <laughs> evil uh, marketing genius, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, yeah. no genius. Like a evil genius brackets on off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Bumbling evil. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're going to go for a quick break, and we'll see you back here very, very soon. Welcome back to the Football Ramble of Football Ramble Daily, everybody. Lukey Moore, you've got a big announcement. Yes, it's not that big an announcement, Marcus. So you may have oversold <laughs> it a little bit there, but I don't mind that. I just wanted to make sure people had found the time to go back and listen to yesterday's episode of the book club called Building the Yellow Wall by Uli Hesse about uh, Borussia Dortmund, the story of Borussia Dortmund. Andy Brassel, Kate Mason and myself um, went over the book and, and talked about it and and... and Kind of recommended it, I suppose, as a really interesting. Do you know what it is? It's Uli Hess's love letter to the to the club that he loves. But the story around it is very, very, very interesting. So, do go back and give that a list if you haven't already. It's also expertly put together by Tom Wally. So, shout out to Tom as well. Um, give it a go if you haven't already. And if you want to recommend um, any books that you'd like us to cover in the future, please do so. It'll be uh, at Football Ramble on Twitter or at Football Ramble Daily on Instagram. I'd like to recommend the uh, the book um, "Playing for Keeps," which was then adapted to a film. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus, what have I told yes. you about this? You've already emailed no me book. about that. I ignored it. I didn't miss it. I ignored it. We're not yeah. having that sneaking into the book club as well, Marcus. Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of things sneaking in, Jim, it's now time for emails with Petey D. You couldn't be more right, Marcus Speller. Martha Holly Starter email. Hi, all. Currently lying in bed listening to your latest episode, and I thought I'd let you know that there is at least one couple having sex to your podcast. Not the kind to make babies, though, <laughs> oh, hopefully. Oh. My fiance. You, you said it, Marcus. Uh, my fiance listens to you guys as he goes to sleep, and as we share a bed, this means I'm treated to your dulcet tones as well. As such, when the mood strikes, lovemaking often begins by listening, or whilst listening. Hope this brings you joy. Thanks for making us laugh while one of us is missing football. Uh, from Mark, it doesn't make us. It doesn't bring us any joy. It's horrendous. <laughs> I love how you then you say to me, Peter. You said this, Marcus. <laughs> I didn't, did I? Yeah, well, you said. Yeah, you you kind of started it. Uh, Jenny Silver, friend of the show, uh, Ramble Babies, an almost Ramble baby here. I listened to a lot of rambles while in labour with my second child in August 2018. That glorious summer of football mainly involved me being sick and memorably being admitted to hospital on the day of the England Sweden game, meaning my very drunk, beer soaked husband sobering up in world record time on arrival at the hospital straight after the final <laughs> whistle. Sadly, I missed every game of the World Cup because I was sick, sleeping, lying, really still. Uh, but the ramble kept me relatively. Saying roll in August and a three day induced labour uh, when I was encouraged to walk lots to get things going. Lots of rambles and OTCs uh, kept me company as I walked miles around the hospital. Sadly, Marcus's dulcet tones did not encourage my daughter to get a move on. She was born by Mercy C section uh, three days after I went in. Jenny Silver, 
thank you very much for that email. Uh, hello yeah. to uh, Jake as well. Uh, more more strife in relationships. Uh, Jake, hi lads. The Pete's <laughs> Film Club jingle sir, just played during an episode I'm listening to, and my girlfriend said this is the worst bit of the show. When I asked her why, she said it was because they were mean about dogs. And I'm assuming this is a reference oh. to Soccer Dog 2, slamming uh, from a few weeks back, but who we knows? We said that dog was the only good thing about it. Yeah, yeah, we said the, yeah, that was the only good thing about that Blumman film. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 we love dogs. We are all dog lovers. Uh, Luke's more of a cat, cat man do, but, you know, it's, it's all good. <laughs> it's a broad church. Uh, also, uh, a person called uh, Camillo's trying to um, advertise uh, Camillo's uh, film uh, they were involved in making, uh, Amar Akbar and uh, Tony. Uh, which sounds like a really fun film on Netflix uh, after our foray into Brit slash Indian cinema with Dana Dana Dango. Uh, they're just basically just advertising their film. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to stick it in there because I think it's nice that someone can I, can who's just, working uh... in the film industry that's obviously you know not working at the moment, we can introduce them to some new Brit Indian cinema. Can I, can I just um, chime in with something about Dan Dana Dango? Like yeah. I didn't. It took me until after we did the show, the film on the on the show to realise this. But for some reason, I didn't. I didn't really sort of clock for ages that I really had. I bet you look good on the dance floor by Arctic Monkeys in my head all week around mm. that. And I've realised it's because. In the song, he says, your name isn't Rio, but I don't care for sand. And lighting the fuse might result in a bang, 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 go. Oh, and it no. sounds mm. like dan, 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 go. And, it, and the, <laughs> the rhythm, yeah. I, I, I must have heard the song and I can't stop thinking that he's now saying dan, 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 go. You should yeah. listen oh, back fantastic. to it. Honestly, it fits absolutely perfectly. Oh, I bet you look good in my film club. I tell you what, <laughs> uh, Scott Whitelock, uh, finally for now. Bug of the Bundesliga, the K-League party is where it's at. We've got a K-League update, oh. people. Uh, you might remember uh, me from a couple of weeks back when I assigned you all of your K-League teams to follow, and I thought I'd drop back in and let you know how you've all done after the opening round of fixtures. Uh, Pete and myself were roundly embarrassed in front of a live stream of 3 million people on Twitter, as well as a live stream on the BBC, where our team, uh, someone Blue Wings, were beaten 1-0 by the reigning champions, Junbuk Hyundai. We pathetically only managed one shot on target and had Aussie international Terry and Tunis uh, sent off in the process. And just to rub it in, 41-year-old Middlesbrough reject Lee Donguk was the one to score. I think I saw that uh, part of the match. It was a bloody good header, near post, kind of sneaked it past through two defenders. 90 minutes of football, I had me wishing for another three months of lockdown. Uh, Marcus's uh, Incheon United put in a very un-Sven-like performance, Mm. defending and scrapping their way to a scoreless home draw against Diego uh, FC. Uh, The only highlight of the game being an old-fashioned 90 minutes man-marking job on Diego Star Brazilian. Yeah, uh, Luke's yeah, yeah. Youngnam uh, FC also registered a disappointing scholar's home yeah. draw in a game that will be best described as physical. They did have some chances though, so there's some hope for the future there. But Jim's pathetic of an excuse for a football team. FC Seoul were the real losers of the weekend after oh. taking a one-goal league against Gangwon FC, who are essentially a bunch of potato farmers in their spare time, to come back and score three, two of them being scored in the final ten minutes. Imagine England actually losing that game to San Marino in the 90s and you'll have some idea as to how embarrassing this result is for oh, Jim. What? Thank you so much, Scott, in South Korea for uh, updating us yeah. on the K-League. A bit more of that. Uh, yeah, you can be there's... our official K-League reporter. There's been like, I don't know if you guys have seen, like there's, there's been a little bit of this going around about um, the, the K-League kind of throwing a bit of shade at the Bundesliga, which is hilarious. There's mm. a, a phrase being used is um, Carla Betrugerein, I think it's pronounced, and that translates as bald frauds. 
<laughs> Peter, you know that. Um, so um, the team that I've been given to support, um, they drew nil nil, as you've already said, but they were relegated unexpectedly last season. So they opened the mm. season with a nil nil home draw in the division below. Uh, in a very disappointing fashion. And so it just shows you that our email is absolutely spot on with this comparison to the team I support because that is a familiar <laughs> really thing, is. let me tell you that. And shout out to James <laughs> on Twitter who uh, is keeping me informed as well um, by sending me DMs about my Korean team. So I'm well mm. across it. I'm going to mm. be all right Fantastic until football stuff. comes back in this country. Yep. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, show off my Rumble Daily, uh, com. Did you guys see this um, story about, you mentioned it earlier in the, um, earlier in the show about... Um, footballing brothers or sporting brothers because we can only play sport with our own in our own households yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you guys see uh, what gary neville sent to phil on twitter yeah <laughs> he challenged him to a one-on-one at a garden center <laughs> and, uh, and i think i think there's been a bit of a movement for sky sports to get involved and film it why not it'd be yeah, brilliant yeah. it'd be really niggly a football match, or just a, or are you like, or is this like a street well, no, fight? No, arm wrestling, like, like a, a fox yeah. and stuff. A street yeah, fight. I don't know. <laughs> the thing is, Gravel. the reason it's complete, it's completely missed the point because there is absolutely no way, unless I've missed something really, really obvious, and I would quite like this to be true, but I don't think it is that they live together still. It's, that's not happening. They're in the same family, though. They're collected true. by, they're collected by blood. Which I think is the new rule. I don't know what the new rule is. It's not the new rule, rule Peter. And you shouldn't not put that kind of rule. misinformation out to people because yeah. the government will do that without your help. <laughs> Who connected <laughs> by blood? That's horrible. Like you, like that's like a Pete fucking gangster movie. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's the synopsis of the film you're going to be watching next week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Well, I think that means it's time for Pete's Film Club. Pete's Film Club. It is time for Pete's Film Club, and I set you the, uh, the incredible task of watching a film by the name of Final Score. The synopsis goes as thus. Gabby Logan and a panel of guests bring you results tables and interviews <laughs> and reaction from today's Barclays Premiership Football League and SPL games. Of course, that's not true. I'm reading the wrong description. Uh, when two terrorists kidnap ex-soldier Michael Knox's niece, he employs all of his skills to rescue her and possibly foil a plan of mass destruction as well it took under a million at the box office and it cost <laughs> 20 million oh, wow. the atmosphere is electric at the burning ground tonight alright let's do this emotions running high in what promises to be a dramatic dogfight let's get this show on the road Mr. Knox, listen to me very carefully. We have your niece. Somewhere in this stadium is Dmitry Belov. If he is not found within 90 minutes, we will detonate explosives killing everyone inside. The clock is ticking. Tick. Talk. Oh my goodness me. So I... I'm going to put something out here quite controversial, and I'm going to caveat it first, okay? Because I already know Marcus's opinion on this, because he's already told us, right? Mm. But it, within the confines, at least come along with me here and listen to the caveats, guys. Within the confines of Pete's Film Club, which is a barren, unforgiving wasteland, let's be absolutely clear, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> I didn't actually mind this. And for those who didn't get round to seeing it, you're about to get spoiled, you know, till 
to between now and the end of the show. So deal with that. But for those who haven't seen it, like it's basically like a quite shit diehard, right? Yeah. And that yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now I've got loads of problems with it. There's lo- I mean, for example, I was not ready for Tony Cotty to take a bullet. Right, yeah. <laughs> that that came out of nowhere. I, 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 that, to be fair, get their attention. Yeah, yeah. He got my attention with that. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. but um, I I found it fast paced enough to actually enjoy. It was absolutely ridiculous on every level. The most mm. ridiculous part being that West Ham are in a European Cup semi final. I'm sure that joke's been made, <laughs> made before. But I, I found it fast paced enough to enjoy. And I, and I have to say also. I found Dave Batista quite watchable in a weird way, and I was obsessed, absolutely obsessed, with that giant bad guy oh, in yes. the first half an hour. What a what a specimen! Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, the guy's huge. Why kill him so early? He's the only yeah. bloke who can go toe to toe with a gigantic Dave Batista, and he get does he get his hand in the fryer or head in the, in no, the head in the fryer? fryer? Yeah, yeah, d- yeah. Don't, Dave Batista deep fries his face <laughs> after deep frying his own that hand. sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, quite a bad face. Um, yeah, yeah I, I would agree with Luke. I think, actually, given that he is a wrestler-turned-actor, David Teese is actually pretty good. I mean, he was he was had a brief role in Blade Runner 2049, which is obviously an excellent and very well-received movie, and he was, he was you know, he was not out of his depth at all. He's, he's good in Guardians of the Galaxy good. as well. Oh, he's, he's, he's very good in Guardians, isn't he? Of course, yeah. he's brilliant in yeah. that, like, sort of goes without saying, I suppose, isn't it? But, um, yeah, um, I, I, I agree with you. Mostly, yeah, and I think it, it wore its ridiculousness well, didn't it? It knew what it was. Yeah. It almost, it, it, it was almost like they looked at those kind of straight to, I guess now Netflix movies, like like those kind of gangster movies you see advertised on at train stations with names like "We Still Kill the Old Way," like stuff yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just sort of like sneak Dave Batista and football <laughs> into that, and maybe we'll pick up some an audience. And clearly, it didn't really, but still. But I mean, there's a bit where. I can't even really remember how he gets up there. For some, somehow he's on a motorbike in the stadium and he ends up on mm. the roof and he jumps <laughs> from one stand to the other and nobody notices because West Ham score a free kick at exactly the right moment. So yeah. it makes a big enough sound, which is just brilliant. It's like a little boy's written that. And I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm into that. It's just, just, it's just great and really fun. And my favourite bit, though, was um, while the, the Russian guys are in the uh, the, the pro- probably problematic Russian guys, um, yeah. accent wise, are, are in the sort of control. Well, they're not Russians. They don't consider themselves Russians, right? They're separatists, aren't they? Yeah. Well, the whole right, thing was yeah, very right. confusing. I found that's yeah. the one thing I would say about it. Like, the plot is quite confusing for a film of that that, that yeah. nature. Or the motivations of, of the, the antagonist is, isn't it? But yeah. those Russian separatist guys, they um, they're talking about what will happen if the the target in the stadium uh, is is killed. Um, and the, uh, the the sort of the police who are trying to stop this happening, they have, they have an iPad where they have a little data projection projection called projected civil unrest based on what will happen <laughs> if this guy dies, and it just really quickly calculates all the regions that will, will that will sort of you know start to yeah. revolt, and it's like. I'm sure that technology doesn't exist. Like, <laughs> yeah, there, Jim, there was also an amazing bit when um, the, the, the whole scene in question was about keeping this under wraps and that no one should could, would be able to know and no one in the street can know and no one in the stadium can know what's happening because they've got to keep it under wraps. And after that's been made absolutely clear, the chief of police just gets out of his car, just screams at the top of his voice, get me the head of the SAS! 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure that's the protocol, really. I think, yeah. I mean, you're talking about all the technology and, and the, the projections and stuff like that and all of the, you know, the, 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 the stupidity and silliness of it all. I mean, the most egregious uh, uh, fail, I think, on my part was uh, uh, that, that young lady who managed to sneak a whole bottle of vodka into a football ground. Yeah, that, that was never happened. Good. <laughs> to be fair, it was the lad who snuck it in, not her. Who was the oh, most okay. objectionable character, Marcus, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Oh, my <laughs> he goodness, was the yeah. worst. I mean, uh, I, I thought this film was crap. Um, I, I, and I think, I know what you mean. It, clearly, it's far more watchable than some of the other films we, we've had. But in the context, bearing in mind the budget, bearing in mind the ambition of this film, I thought that it, it missed, wildly missed the mark. And... Uh, I... I don't think what, you've liked you many of the films at all, though, Mark, Marcus. I, I, I just, I, I think you might be becoming the Michael Owen of the podcast. You've not liked any of the things I've sent you. <laughs> no, no, I, no. I'm not the Michael Owen because I've watched them. <laughs> he would watch uh, it. Perhaps, <laughs> the, Chris, watch him, perhaps yeah. the Chris Sutton, but maybe you know, <laughs> I, need to, I need to go to Russia and come back, and I'm like, oh, I watched Final Score. It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, but, Marcus, the thing is, right? I, I, I would say that I, I'm actually, I suppose, I'm actually agreeing with you. When I said at the start what I thought, mm. I did say within the confines of Pete's. Film club. I'm not saying that Final Score is going to be in my desert island film, you know, on my deathbed. You know, I'm saying sometimes you get put into such a depression yeah, yeah. when you hear what Pete's going to give you to watch once a week and you know you've got to get two hours or something over yeah. that it's actually quite nice to have a film that is a coherent film with exactly, a narrative yeah. and something approaching looking like they knew what they were doing. That's what I mean. Uh- and under two hours long. So, yeah, you know, yeah. as soon as I saw it was under two hours long, I thought, well, uh, you know, th- that's a win. Um, but, yeah, I yeah. mean, yeah, clearly it was – but that's what I mean. You've got the big budget. You've got, you know, at least two off the top of my head, you know, big actors in there. So uh, so that's – you're dealing on a different level, but I felt that it was still a bit poor. Although Dave Bautista absolutely is very watchable. Um, and, and I thought actually he was he was pretty good, uh, and, and he can play that kind of starring role as, as a hero. I, I have to be honest with you, Peter. I, I didn't really notice his genes throughout the uh, film. No, I didn't either. His, his big dad genes. Well, he's, nah. he's a gigantic man, and seeing him <laughs> so in his big dad genes running around really made me kind of. I, I, I would sort of think because I've I've interviewed him a, a, a few times, and genuinely, mm. every, I just want to watch all of Dave Batista's film. Whenever yeah, he's yeah, in something, yeah. I, I, I invariably watch it because it's invariably on Netflix. <clears> but um, because I genuinely, you know, he, he's quite an inspirational character. You know, he, he's got like, he, 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 he talks about the right things. He, he, he says the right things, in my opinion. And he started wrestling when he was like cracking on for his 30s. He, he came into that and he just through sheer force of will smashed his way through that fucking, through that system. And then, and then he now smashes he's his way horrific in this film. I was and, he say that, his, <laughs> but, and now, and now he's starting his, uh, film career very late and, and at every juncture he got mm. the same sort of advice that the rock sort of got given you know slim down get small do all this stuff and so he's just try, and uh, he's just working and working and working and i just yeah. love him i love dear batista i think he's so a, is he is he a nice good guy. guy in person pete he's, he's, he's lovely absolutely day. lovely and he, and he, uh, uh, his order at uh, the popular uh, restaurant chain Leon is uh, chicken nuggets. So if you can, I can I just say I would like I would pay like good amount of money. I reckon I'd get a good whip round among the gang here to get him to put you in some kind of wrestling move, Pete. Mm, yeah, a yeah. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would they ever do I'd that? Is it seen as unprofessional? Would they ever do it, do you reckon? I, I think it would be in some kind of insurance problem. Well, of course, yeah. he was the one who. Uh, it, well, I'll sign a waiver. I don't mind when, that. 
when Vince McMahon blew out his uh, blew out his quads running into the ring, he was involved in that. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I, 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 mean I, I am involved in a podcast called Wrestle Me. If you just want to hear yeah. me talk about Dead Batista for about three fucking hours, <laughs> yeah. Marcus, what, Marcus <laughs> yes. can, you, can you think of anything particularly you did actually like about the film? Uh, no, but I would like to uh, <laughs> uh, uh, bring to the table perhaps the worst slash best bit of the film. Um, was when the uh, you mentioned it that was he the, the chief of police Luke or something the, the actor yeah, I think his so. name I escapes yeah. me but he's quite a well known English actor he is and, yeah. and at one point there's a guy who I don't know where he's from I, I don't know if it's the states or or somewhere but he's yeah, clearly he, he's not dubbed isn't he that guy yeah it's a bit strange but it, it, but he's not English he's he's kind of he's, he turns up as some sort of a special intelligence kind of guy, you know. It's who not goes really explained, is it? Who he is? It's, no, it's not no. explained, and he doesn't even explain it himself. But he's enjoying having <laughs> a hot dog while it's going. Yeah. So it, at no point does the copper sort of say, "I'm sorry, right? You, you've sort of joined this situation and now calling the sort of who are you?" Because that might yeah, he be doesn't even show up. Yeah, well, but <laughs> the, 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 I mean, the, the big gag in that scene is that a, a man, he does exactly the same as in Die Hard. He gets the police's attention by throwing a body off the uh, off the roof. Uh, yeah. It lands on a hot dog uh, truck. And then the, the, this new kind of like wild uh, kind of police authority uh, just starts having a, a hot dog that he's just taken yeah. out of the... Uh, out of the machine right yeah, next yeah. to him. If you, if you guys, if you guys look back, right, you, what you've got to do, if you get a chance, I, don't, I imagine you've got many, many things better to do with your time. But maybe if, you, if you're listening, you fancy just having a muck around, go back to the scene where they take over the um, uh, the TV studio, and this is what I'm talking about. Tony yeah. Cotty gets shot. Oh my right? goodness! But but it goes on for a few <laughs> minutes before that, and they, and they make the they make the presenter read mm-hmm. out a pre-prepared statement, right? And in the background, Tony Cotty's in shot, right? Mm. If you watch Tony Cotty's face for that entire scene, it is absolutely hilarious. Yeah, yeah. proper overacting. <laughs> it's, like, it's like someone said to him, Tony, all you've got to do is be yourself, and he can't even do that. It's amazing. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's class. Pete, did you, uh, um, did you quietly refer to him as Tony Shotty then? He took a lot of shotties in his time. He did. Don't hide that under a bushel for crying out loud. Jonathan Pierce is involved as well. I thought he did okay. Yeah, Yeah. he did all right. But um, but Pierce didn't. But Pierce was unaware of what was going on. It just said commentate on the match. But that's usual, isn't it? Exactly. Uh, That's where we should keep him. But the the scene, the 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 moment in the film that I was going to say that is the best slash worst moment of the film is when clearly the good guys and then they've turned the tide and they're starting to kind of get a bit of progress in the situation, and. The guy, the, the the English or police guy, says to this this other guy, because the other guy keeps referring to it as soccer, obviously. And at one point, yeah. he goes, "Right, oh, we got the wind up ourselves," and 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 he goes, he basically takes back the situation, and he punches him in the face and goes, "And it's football, not soccer." And it's like, oh, God, <laughs> I do. I do like that. Anyone who doesn't enjoy uh, uh, soccer or football genuinely thinks an actual football fan gets really angry when no, people. No one cares. Soccer. I call yeah. it soccer all the time. The biggest flagship show on Sky Sports <laughs> is called Soccer Saturday. Yeah. yeah. No one cares. Soccer is short for association, isn't it? And we actually came yeah. up with it, and then we, and then we tell Americans that they get it wrong, even though it's from us. So, <laughs> sorry, America. Well, I'm not sure. I think there's because it's always been football here. If you think about the football association, 
you know, mm. it, was, it was called football for many, many years. But um, but but ultimately, you know, it is called soccer dog. It's not called football dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. rightly so. Maybe we could remake football dog. We could probably <laughs> match the budget. It was, yeah. it, and the quality. Anyway, overall, I thought I thought it was okay. I, I, it was the probably the most enjoyable one in terms of I didn't care that I wasted an hour and 40 minutes of my time watching it. And that is the, know where mean. the bar's been set. No, I know it was the mean, most yeah. current one. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I do fear, Marcus. When, when, well, this is what I fear. Whenever we talk about running times and things like that, I feel like we're putting our heads in a lion's mouth, knowing that we <laughs> yeah. can decide what happens. We're showing our heads. True. I'm poised for the next runtime, Pete. What's our next yeah. movie? Um, well, I've, I've not got a runtime for you, uh, Luke, but we are going back to the well as rapidly depleting Newcastle United soccer star Santiago Munez lands a deal to play for Real Madrid. However, his move brings about oh. various changes in his behaviour and his loyalties to his friends and family is tested next week. Monday, we're doing goal two. Yes! What? yes. Come on! Yes. Oh. Oh, Hour and 55. Hour and 55. <laughs> <laughs> we, we did predict, didn't we, that goal would seem like this, goal would seem amazing. By the yeah, I think I think final scores better. I think happened. final scores better than goal. You, you reckon? Yeah. I think final mm. final score. Actually, one of the things that was quite refreshing about it was the the lack of like movie football. There's barely any in it, and it's and it yeah. works better. for That's it, just West Ham. That's how they play, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the football scenes were okay, actually. Yeah. Goal two. All right. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with that goal two because because <laughs> if I'm honest with you, Peter, I I, I haven't seen. You just it, like the football, and, don't you, Marcus? You don't like you, any of the yeah. drama. You just want you to see more football. You are Michael Owen. Um, none of that's true, you maniacs. But I, I, I fancied seeing goal two, but I, but then I thought to myself, well, I don't really, because it will probably be crap, and what's the point? Whereas now you've kind of given me the opportunity, and I do feel watching... this is an opportunity. <laughs> Marcus, watch, uh, I mean, not to let, uh, I don't know whether you're, uh, I'm, I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but your uh, good lady wife is involved in the film industry. Has she watched any of these films with you? Uh, the final score was the first one she watched because she has worked with Dave Bautista before and, and can confirm he's a lovely chap. Um, oh, and that's nice. I, I, I think that um, that experience of of me going, oh, let's sit down for Pete's Film Club, has put her off Pete's <laughs> Film Club. Uh, <laughs> you know, put, so, put her off me. And th- th- that was one of the better ones as well. <laughs> I know, can, I just, can I just say, the very idea of me uttering those words to my wife would be divorce papers instantly. <laughs> <laughs> it's soccer dog. It's soccer dog, Mimi. <laughs> Exactly. So excellent. Goal two. I think was something we're all looking forward to. Excellent. It's when goal three is overstating it, but fair enough. That'll be a problem. So there we are. (laughs) There we are, ladies and gentlemen. It does make goal three seem like a frightening inevitability, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it does. That's what we're going to be finishing on. Yeah. Once you get back in that studio, that's the film we're going to (laughs) do. But with with the uh, with with the chat from uh, Kuno Becker himself of goal four, we've we've got to get on board, Jim. We've got to get yeah, on board. Yeah, right. got, got, right. if we if we don't Maybe get on board soon, he'll have made it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We'll, we'll be playing catch up. Oh, Gordon, that's the last thing we want. Right, ladies and gentlemen, the thing <laughs> we sorry, all want. I though, love that you. Sorry, mate. Uh, I just really love that you just you dispensed with Gordon Bennett's surname there. Is that yeah. Gordon? Appreciate it. <laughs> on, on first name terms now. You're so frustrated what, by Pete's film. What I was, what I was turning desperate to, Gordon to say so often. was that the thing we all want is the end of this podcast today. And uh, <laughs> we finally got there. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening uh, to the Football Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Tomorrow, Jules and Andy are back for some, for some uh, more coherent football chat, I would suggest. So do get your <laughs> ears around that. And, of course, don't forget the book club, which, uh, which uh, Luke, Caton and Andy did uh, all about Bruce Dortmund. And the first one as well, actually, 
all about Brian Clough was really good. So, so get your get your lug holes around that as well. So, thank you very much, Luke Moore. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jim Campbell. Cheers. Thank you very much, Pete Donaldson. Goodbye, soccer dogs. <laughs> thank you, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production.